Hi, my name is Rod Cleef. I'm host of the Lifetime Cashflow Podcast. And I want to take a second and talk about my friend Adam Adams and his events. Now, I've been blessed to speak at his events, and I know he's known as one of the top meetup organizers on the planet. But let me just say this about Adam. If he's, if he's having an event, go to it. Adam focuses on adding absolutely as much value as possible. He comes with my highest endorsement. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host. I'm your co-host today. Adam A. Adams, and this is Chad Whitfeld. How's it going, Chad? It's going great, man. All right, so here's the thing. The audio is going to be a little bit different. The audio quality is going to be slightly different today than on other episodes, and that's just because we wanted to make sure you could hear Chad as well as myself. Today, we're joined with David Tupin, and we're really excited to have David Tupin. He's been on the show before. One, one of the skills that David always has, has had and, and shares with a lot of other people is the skill of underwriting properties. Now, we wanted to ask him a few questions about how he's getting so many done because I think he did like 300 plus under, underwritten properties in the first four months of 2019. And so we're saying like, whoa, if we could do that, we could scale our business. So we wanted to have David Tupin on the show. David, give us a little bit about your background and then we'll dive right in. What's up, guys? This is kind of a cool little impromptu session. Adam just called me and, and I was walking through downtown Austin. He's like, dude, let's just hop on a podcast real quick and talk about this instead. So um, it'll be a cool topic <laughs> today. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've been in the real estate industry now for I think three, just about three years. Um, I buy apartments. I raised capital from investors to do that, and we've closed on just about a little over 500. We're doing a new development, about 50 units, ground up here in Austin as well. So we're rocking and rolling, and like you said, uh, we underwrite a ton of deals. I think we've looked at over 300 deals this year, and we've underwritten about 135 so far. I haven't looked at our updated numbers as of today, but somewhere around there. So Wow. All right, so you've looked at 300 plus, you've underwritten 135, and how many LOIs? I don't put out as many LOIs as I used to. I think Verbal offers probably 50, LOIs 10, wow. and we've closed on three deals. So, yeah, I try to keep my LOIs to, when, when I put in an LOI, it's like gospel. We will close on this deal. This is basically a check predated like 75 days from when I'm writing the LOI is what I like it to be. And that's the kind of the, the brand and the message I like to put across to brokers and owners, you know, like, this is what we'll close on. Cool. Cool. All right. So we have all sorts of questions. Number one, if you could just explain how it works with you to be able to see that many deals um, most people would be overwhelmed, especially if they were all by themselves. So what systems have you put in place to be able to see that many deals? Yeah, so we have a really good team around this. My partner, Glenn Gonzalez, and I, uh, we get tons of deals sent to us from brokers. Um, I'd say 70% are on market and the other 30% are off market. Um, we get a lot of deals that, you know, they'll shop out to just a couple buyers and so we get those. When we get those deals that come to us from that or other methods, which I will get into as well, 
um, I sent it to my director of acquisitions, Jason, and he essentially will take all the details of the deal um, or he'll go in and sign the confidentiality agreement or he'll communicate with the broker once I forward him an email with the deal. He'll go in and get all the documents, download them, throw them into uh, a Dropbox folder for that specific deal. Sorry, actually, let me back it up. First, what he'll do is he'll look at the deal and say, does it meet our criteria? So he's got all of our criteria of what we look for, uh, what build year, size of the deal, uh, where it should be located in, what type of areas we look for, what, what type of deals, uh, basically. So I'll forward him all these deals that get sent to me and that Glenn gets sent. He'll forward them to Jason as well. And, and if, let's say it's built in 1965. Jason knows that we don't look at deals before 1970. Uh, so he'll, he'll just throw that out. I don't even need to know about it. Um, you know, he'll, he'll have gotten the email, he'll, he'll pass it out, it won't hit our queue. If it's a deal that fits, he'll go in, he'll sign the CA or he'll download all the documents or he'll get all the information and he'll take uh, our underwriting tool, my deal analyzer, and he'll input all the information. He'll scrub the T12 and rent roll. He'll throw that all in there. He'll go look at rents uh, online and through CoStar uh, that we have a subscription to and he'll figure out what are the market rents. He'll look at the area, um, do a little bit of work on through the brokers OM, seeing what type of renovations we need to do. And he'll, he'll basically come compile all this information, put it into our analyzer underwriting tool and get it ready for me to review. At that point, he'll send it to me with a summary and an email and he'll say, Hey, everything's in Dropbox. The updated underwriting's in there in that folder. Uh, this is what I think of the deal. This is our, our potential to get the rents up this much. We should renovate, you know, half the units. Looks like three bedrooms have the biggest rent bump. So basically give us a breakdown of the story of the deal because I haven't looked at it to that point. Wow. So what I do is I spend all my time just looking at deals that have already been underwritten and I just review them. So I do not anymore have to go in from start to finish and, and input all this information from the T12 and the rent roll into the uh, analyzer. So it's all already done. I can just kind of review the numbers, make sure our closing costs are tied up, look at the returns, um, look at the OM and see what's the story behind the deal. I'll do a little bit of high level uh, 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 review on the rents and whatnot. And if the deal looks like I'm getting close to their asking or their whisper price, um, you know, I'll, I'll dive further in. But at least to this point, uh, I, I really haven't had to do a ton of work other than review the underwriting and see where everything's at, tweak the operating expenses and, and the renovation costs. So I guess that's kind of our system for underwriting and analyzing how I can get through so many deals. And Jason will do probably 10 a week or more than that. And uh, that'll allow me, I'm just constantly reviewing these deals and, and going through ones that have been underwritten, essentially. So I got two follow-up questions for you for sure. that. Um, number one, how many markets are you focused in with your deal flow? And then on that basis, how many brokers would you say in each market are consistently bringing you these deals that meet your basic criteria right off the bat? Yeah, so we're mainly focused on primary markets in Texas. So we got Dallas, Fort Worth, Houston, San Antonio, mm -hmm. Austin. Um, outside of that, I'm looking at Atlanta, Salt Lake City, and Charlotte, North Carolina. So those are kind of the main uh, markets. Texas is really our primary. That's where we're based out of. Uh, but we do look at deals in these other markets. So how many brokers in each? I'd say I consistently talk with anywhere from 
12 to 15 brokers in Texas, the main nice. ones. Um, I'm, you know, this, like last week I found two new brokers in Texas I'd never talked to before. So I'm always trying to find new ones uh, to talk to, but I'd say that's here in Charlotte. I've got maybe three that I talked to three or four Atlanta, maybe around five because I'm not as heavily embedded into that market, but um, I'd say, you know, in a typical month, I'll probably talk to anywhere from 20 to 25 different brokers All right. those are the, from month to month. So um, I, I would like to talk a lot about the brokers and I'm also really curious about Jason and how Jason's compensated or how somebody like me could find my own Jason. Uh, if you sure. Could. Yeah. So I, you know, it's funny, I, I run this big Facebook group called 10x apartment investing and we started with just like you know november 2018 we had maybe 100 people and now we've got over 1300 people so i've got this big network and just this big online network uh, i've created with uh my buddy kevin and what i did when we first started that group we maybe had two three hundred people in it i put a post out saying hey i'm looking for uh somebody to underwrite for our our company. I'm looking for just a part-time, like you could still be doing, like Jason is a real estate agent full-time. He does this on the side. And I'd say maybe does anywhere from 10 to 20 hours a week, kind of side hustle. Um, and I put a post out there saying, Hey, I'm looking for somebody to come on our team and underwrite. I think what really helped was, um, by, you know, getting people interested was, uh, I, I try to post a lot and be active on social media, inspire people. People know that we're growing really quickly and they want to be involved in a part of that. I think people are just kind of inspired by the story. And I think it'd be the same for you guys, Adam. Um, so I, I post out there, I wanted an underwriter. I said, I'm going to do a competition. I'm going to send, I want, I want everyone to send an application that's interested. And I just asked a couple questions. I said, just email them to me. You know, have you ever underwritten a deal? Do you have any experience with like Excel or financials? And I think I had eight people uh, that were really interested. Um, and what I did was as a competition, I gave them all the same deal. It was a deal I had underwritten in the past and I gave them a T12 and a rent roll. Um, most of them were using my analyzer uh, that they had gotten. And I said, underwrite this by, you know, next, I think it was like uh, early in the week. I said, by next Tuesday, have your, uh, you know, your underwriting to me. And I gave backstory on the deal. I said, you know, it was, I gave kind of a fake backstory. I said it was owned by this, you know, somebody for 10 years. They haven't done much on renovating the units. We want to go in and do a renovation plan to update units and increase the rents. Um, operating expenses are going to be a little off from where market's at. So I want you guys to kind of fine tune those. I basically had a competition. And so we had everyone send in their underwriting. And I compared them all and saw who, not only who did the best job, like you didn't, you didn't have to get to the exact price I wanted you to be at. I really wanted to see more who has the intuition to look into certain things and say, well, you know, two bedrooms in this area seem like they're leasing better. I called on a couple properties nearby and it seems like those are, you know, leasing better. So we might be able to get a higher rent bump here. Um, you know, why don't we renovate the pool area in the leasing office? Cause it could bring more, uh, more appeal to the property. And, I wanted to see what type of intuition people had around that process. And you didn't have to be perfect because uh, a lot of these people were not experienced underwriters. And I came down to maybe two or three that looked like a really good fit. And I had a quick interview with them. And Jason, uh, who, who's on our team now, 
he just did a great job at, at all that. He came pretty close to the purchase price that I had offered at the time. And yeah, it worked out. So I uh, awarded him the, the position. Okay. And so what does the position look like then? Yes. Yeah, so it's like I said, he's probably doing anywhere from 10 to 20, 25 hours a week, depending on the deal flow. Um, he's supposed to control deal flow. We have a spreadsheet where we track all the deals we're looking at. He adds them all to our queue. If, uh, if the deal dies or, you know, we don't offer on it or it falls through for whatever reason, we have, we track all our dead deals as well. And so he tracks all that. He underwrites all the deals, keeps it all organized in Dropbox. Um, and then, the way I compensate him is if we close on a deal, I give him a, a small piece of the GP uh, equity. So let's say we have 20% equity, uh, my company, the deal for putting it together. I'll give him, you know, anywhere from a, like a quarter, or a quarter of a percent, half a percent, kind of depending on the deal size. And then a piece of the acquisition fee, which can kind of vary from deal to deal, but maybe that's anywhere from 10 to $20,000. So... So he's closed on two now with me. So he now has a little piece of equity in two deals and has gotten some cash from it. So it's worked out really well for him. And now he's, he's really good at underwriting deals because he's probably underwritten close to a billion dollars in deals since wow. he started with me. So Awesome. Uh, yeah. Here, let me give you this. So we're going we're gonna to pull up a couple more questions if you can be ready for them. How much time yeah. do you have? How much uh, I probably can do another 15 minutes. Okay. All right. Good deal. Yeah. So on those brokers, um, you said that you are working with like 25 or 30 brokers. Is that right? Throughout the five markets? All the markets? Yeah. There's probably 10 core ones I really work with a lot. But are, yeah. are you just, what's, what's your outreach process look like? Are you just call, cold calling them? Are you courting them online? Like how are you warming them up and getting into the world? And then to follow that up, are you staying on top of their minds? So when they have these deals, you're one, you know, top three, David Tupin, let's get this sure. deal to him quick. Sure. I think the biggest key is that my business partner, Glenn has been in the Texas market for a long time. And he's bought a lot of properties here prior to us starting obsidian capital, our current company. So there are several brokers that really know him and now know of our company. We've closed on a deal with, um, his name's Al Silva. He's the, like the top Marks to Millichap broker in the country. One of them we just closed on a deal last month with him in Fort Worth. So we've got some clout, I guess you could say with, with brokers from that. Uh, and then from Glenn's past, you know, so we get a lot of deals that other people might not see. Well, I think the best way to intro with the broker is on a deal, looking at a deal instead of just yeah. cold calling them and making an intro. The best way is to say, Hey, I saw that you have this deal listed, whether you find it on you know, LoopNet, CoStar, an email blast on their website, whatever, and you talk about it and, um, you know, underwrite it, let them know that you're serious. Say maybe they wanted 10 million and you're coming in at 8-2 and just say, hey, I'm coming in at 8-2. At uh, these are some terms I'd probably offer. Does it make sense to, to throw in an offer? And they might say, well, no, but at least now they know that you're serious. You know how to underwrite deals. You're you're not just wasting their time and you've had some back and forth dialogue on a deal. They know what you're looking for now. Cause if you think about it, these brokers, they work full time, more than full time. A lot of these brokers work 60, 70 hours a week. They work really hard and they're calling owners. They're building relationships with property owners so that when they sell, uh, you know, they're going to come to this broker and they can list it or find them a buyer. So, you know, they're looking for a lot of competent buyers all the time 
you know, a lot of people think it's like hard to get in touch with brokers and it's hard to get in front of them or scary. Brokers want good buyers, right? They want to work with strong buyers. So if you can build a relationship and show them you know what you're doing, they're going to want to work with you. They're going to put you on their list. And really, if you want to get up on that list, you've probably got to go in and close a deal with them first. So, uh, or at least you've seen you've bought other properties. Have you closed any off-market deals? Yes, I've closed one full off-market direct-to-seller, and then we've done two uh, broker off-market deals. The, the one that you didn't even use a broker, how did you find that one? That was through a mailer. I sent a mailer to the guy. Wow. Yeah. So that was my first big deal, 96 units in Michigan, which I'm actually selling right now, and that one went really well. So. Cool. All right. So, so you sent out mail and that was before Obsidian? Correct. Yeah. But we still do that now, actually. I have lists of property owners that we mail every month and, you know, just to keep on the top of their minds, if they want to sell, we'll just give them a free, a free look, a free analysis and say, you know, this is where we're coming in at. It's no harm to them. They get to at least get an opinion of a buyer before they have to go to a broker and pay a fee. The two that you recently closed that you that were off market, but you actually had a uh, a relationship with the same broke with these brokers. Like, how did you cultivate those relationships so that they would be willing to share with you something like that? One was, I think, a broker that Glenn had sold a couple properties with. I don't think he'd bought anything with them before. And he sent it out to like seven or eight buyers that he knew of that were looking for that type of product. So brokers and their systems, they track all these different types of buyers. They track people that look for smaller deals. They have notes on whether you look for hundred plus or under hundred. Um, they know what people are looking for institutional assets, class A stuff. That's like maybe 300 units, brand new build. There are people out there, REITs and whatnot that look to buy those. So they track all this and you know, we're, we're in that value add category, 100, 150 plus units. And we came up on the list. We had been consistently talking with this broker, looking at other deals and he sent it to us and said, Hey, I'm going to, these sellers don't want to put this on market, but they want, you know, me to shop it to five to 10 of my closest buyers. And you guys were one of them. So, wow. We winning that. Yeah, so you said earlier that you have like a few different primary markets that are within Texas. You're mm -hmm. also looking in Salt Lake City, Utah. I think you Atlanta. said S South Carolina. A Atlanta and then Charlotte, North Carolina. North Carolina and Atlanta. Um, why, why, the, why four markets? Why not one? Atlanta, I believe in that city. I think it's growing a lot. I've been there. I've visited there quite a few times. So I kind of know, you know, a little a decent amount about little pockets here and there. Charlotte, I've visited that city. I know management companies that will manage there just like Atlanta. I think it's very important to know a management company when you're going into a city or in a market. You, you want to have really good management company contacts because I can, I can run a deal by them. Say I'm looking at a deal in, in Charlotte. Um, you know, I have a management company right now that I can just say, Hey, can you drive by this deal? I'm looking at it and I can trust that they're going to, you know, go check it out. Tell me what they think the rents might be able to do and give me some good input without me having to go out there, you know, before making an offer. So um, I think having a management company is important on picking a market. And then all those markets I know are just growing, growing, growing. So 
you know, I'm not looking at Toledo, Ohio. I don't think that market's necessarily growing long-term. I think you can buy good deals there if you pay the right price, but I want good long-term growth markets. I think that helps protect us and our investors and we'll achieve more appreciation. So uh, again, why four markets? Not why did you pick those markets, but why not um, one market? Or, um, because I think, I think that there's only so many deals right now that are being listed in each particular market. Um, that if I only focused on one, we're not looking at enough deals. Right now, it's it's a numbers game. And if I'm not looking at 10 deals a week, seriously looking at 10 deals a week, it's hard for me to find deals that make sense. So if I was just focusing, let's say, on Dallas-Fort Worth, there's a lot of product in Dallas-Fort Worth, fortunately, but I still don't think that's enough. I need to look at deals in Houston. I need to look at deals in San Antonio. And we're able to, we have capacity to look at all those because I've built the right team and systems. If I was doing it on my own, I probably would only be able to focus on, you know, one or two, three major cities. But, you know, I, I think we can, we can look at way more deals when we have a couple different markets we're looking at. And so the team that's allowing you to do that is just by bringing in Jason or, or do you have other people that are helping you to be able to be in that many markets? Yeah, so the other part of lead acquisition on our team and bringing in leads is uh, I have three people that part-time um, reach out directly to owners every week. So uh, I have three guys and I've gotten them lists for different markets. Right now we're really focusing on, let's see, Dallas-Fort Worth. And these guys each have a different list, maybe 500 properties and property owners. And they make anywhere from 20 to 50 calls a week to these property owners and say, hey, you know, I work with Obsidian Capital. We're a local buyer. Are you interested in selling your property? And um, I, every Monday I sit down and get on a Zoom call with these guys. And we go over, okay, how'd your calls go last week? How many calls did you make? How many contacts did you make? And how many leads on potential sales? And we'll go over all these numbers. And then they'll, you know, from time to time, I think probably at least one a week from, from one of those guys, we'll get one deal a week that an owner directly is saying, hey, I'm interested in, in selling, take a look, and here's the financials. And I toured two last week from direct to seller off-market deals that I don't know if they're going to work out, but it's, it's a numbers game, you know. It just gets more deals in front of us. And those funnel to Jason as well. So those all just go into our queue. And we've got mm -hmm. it like, I'd probably say 15 deals right now in the queue that need to be underwritten. He underwrites them, gets them to me. That's awesome. And then we'll make offer. So it's a machine. So with, with those three callers that you have, your, your outbound lead generators, what's your structure look like with them? Are you compensating them on an hourly basis, salary or per, de, per deal when they close and them? Like what's that look like for you? Yeah. So part of it is um, these guys want to be they're They're working full-time jobs. Mm-hmm. They want to get into real estate and they want to get involved in a deal. So I told them, I can't just bring you in on a deal. We're not doing anything. You got to go out and find a deal. That's value. If you find a deal like that, I'll provide you the list. I'll educate you. I'll teach you. You know, I, I provide additional education. These guys are always available to talk whenever they need it. If they have any questions on, you know, let's say they want to underwrite on their own. So I'm giving them like some additional education for free. Right. On top of and, uh, essentially, if they find a deal, it'll be the same thing. I'll give you a piece of the GP, a little piece of the equity, and a little piece of the acquisition fee. Awesome. Yeah. So, 
So these are all guys that are not working hourly. They want to get involved on the ownership side. And this is the way that I told them that they could get involved. If you bring a deal, I'll give you everything. I'll give you the list. You've got it all. But if you find a deal, you bring it to me and I'll get you involved on it and educate you through the process. Okay. Um, so they're just commission based. Correct. Right? Correct. Okay. And they're all part time. Yes. Yeah. So this is, they're my, those guys might only put five hours a week, three mm -hmm. to five hours a week. Uh, one question is if you were to hire a full time underwriter, um, would you pay them? Would you try to pay them hourly or would you try to pay them on the deal? I would, if I had a full time, I'd, I'd give them a salary. I'd probably pay them a base salary and then a commission for deal we closed. Yeah, but no equity. I probably wouldn't, I'd probably give a piece of our promote, like a side agreement that says maybe you get one or 2% of our promote when we sell the deal or something okay. like that. So, yeah. okay, so if you've got an underwriter, how, my, how many deals is it gonna take you to close in a year to pay that salary? I mean, I would probably just pay them a forty to fifty thousand dollar base salary, depending on experience. If they're really experienced, I might pay them a sixty thousand dollar base salary, and that would it wouldn't be like paid out of a deal. I mean, that would just come out of the operations of the company. You know, we have asset management fees, we have operating funds, and so that would just you would just be paid hired by the company. Okay, and so the people that you work with, these three that are on cold calling as well as the one person that does underwriting. Were they more on the experience side before you brought them on or the newbie side? And, and the follow-up to that is, do you think it's better to have somebody experienced or, or a newbie to train from scratch? Um, they were all, I'd say newbies, they were all, they were all educated on real estate and they all had you know, gone to conferences and learned about how multifamily syndication works. Um, but you know, I've taught them a lot along the way and gotten them up to a point where they, they know a lot more about it now. By now, you should know that one of the biggest things that brings me joy and happiness is to meet listeners of the show. That's why I do so many live events. I definitely want to meet you if, you if you'd like to meet me and some of our speakers, some of our presenters that come to the Raising Money Summit. And just to name a few, we've got Corey Peterson, Jason and Peely Yarusi, Michael Blanc, Michael Becker, Adam Adams, Ellie Perlman, Kathy Fedke, Maureen Miles, Jillian Sadoti, Jean Trowbridge, Alina Trigab, Todd Dexheimer, Ramakrishna, Jeremy Roll, Chris Clothier, Matt Terrio, and Mark and Tamil Kenny. It's going to be awesome. I'll see you on October 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Just go to RaisingMoneySummit.com, and then if you want a big discount, just put in podcast, because my podcast listeners get a giant discount because I am hosting that event. I'll see you October 3rd, 4th, and 5th. So I, I think if you want to hire somebody experienced and you're going and maybe you're going to hire somebody who was an underwriter at Prudential or one of these big lenders, you can go, I mean, you know, some big real estate companies, they'll go and they'll hire these people that are uh, underwriters for, for banks or lenders, and then they'll bring them in on their acquisitions team. They're just going to need to be compensated more. You're going to need to pay someone like that 60, 70,000 a year probably and you know bonuses when you close each deal if not more so i think i think the structure we have is really good i found some really good specific people that that like working with me i really like working with them they want to help grow the company i want to help them succeed and get involved in real estate and you know they're, they're doing it on a part-time basis but they're very consistent i mean these guys have all been doing it with me for like four or five months now so six months jason even longer so 
it's it's a really good kind of core team we're starting to build and and i don't think necessarily i'll bring in any more underwriters at the moment we don't need that um i may at some point need more cold callers acquisitions guys um and maybe set them up in a different market so just give us a little wider spread and all these guys have like a company email and all that they're you know they're part of the team so they can communicate with brokers sellers whatnot awesome Hey, thanks for coming on and showing us behind the curtain today. Really appreciate it. Hell yeah, dude. This is fun. Hopefully we all learned quite a bit of structuring our our own real estate team uh, in building an empire like Mr. David Tupin. I hope you decide to go ahead and grab your ticket to the Raising Money Summit this year. The networking is going to be outrageous. So I hope you'll accept my invitation to come to the Raising Money Summit by going to RaisingMoneySummit.com. Check out the speaker lineup. Check out the already amazing ticket prices that we have. And grab your discount for it as well. Just put in podcast. So that's your promo code. That's your discount code. I definitely want to see you there October 3rd, 4th, and 5th.